listening to Victory Alabang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Thanks, Pastor Ariel. I'm glad to be here with you, to share with you uh, part of this series. Uh, we take the time every year uh, to focus on missions and uh, um, I'm just so uh, so uh, glad to be able to hop in and cover for Pastor Ariel uh, this Sunday. And uh, if you have your Bibles with you, uh, please turn it to Psalm 102. Um, it has been uh, a pleasure going through the book of Psalms um, uh, during this time. Uh, I don't know about you, uh, Pastor Ariel mentioned about those who uh, who. Uh, you know, those who are upholding the Word of God and those who are humble and contrite in heart. The Lord looks down and, 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 and shows His mercies uh, to us. And uh, remembering last, during, during pandemic, uh, Pastor Yell um, um, and Pastor Jansen, uh, I was going through the letters of Apostle Paul. And then, and then until I reached up to the end of New Testament, and then the next day, it's supposed to be Revelations. I was wondering, should I go through Revelation during my devotion? Or should I just go skip and go find another verse in the Old Testament, another book in the Old Testament? So I was thinking, nah, maybe I should go through this. And then I realized I'm a bishop. So why am I afraid of Revelation? So I went through Revelation as my devotion every day, you know? Eight verses at a time. And so it's kind of tough going to Revelation. So I kind of cheated a little bit. I checked on commentaries. <laughs> so my devotion started getting extended every morning, you know. Lockdown naman, so okay lang. So, um, but uh, I went through the book of Revelation and I enjoyed it. Um, and then after Revelation, I felt like I got exhausted. And so I said, Lord, I want to go find a, uh, a book that is uh, a bit um, ministering. So I went to Psalms. So I've been to Psalms ever since. Uh, uh, and I've been going through this book of Psalms, and I've been enjoying it so far. And uh, once in a while, it'd be good for us to go through the book of Psalms. And, and, and so we focus this coming, this uh, series on, on, um, on missions. We decided to look at those chapters in the book of Psalms that speaks of nations. And, and we found this uh, chapter here, uh, Psalm 102. And, um, and as we read this passage of Scripture, I'd like us all to stand um, we will be reading starting in verse 12, but before verse 12, uh, the, 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 the author was, was uh, um, afflicted and so therefore complaining. Who among you sometimes, you know, you would want to complain, right? Uh, but but it'd be good to complain to God and it's okay to complain just as this guy complained before God. Buti na lang wala nag-show up na mga ahas at kinagat siya. But this guy complained before God out of his affliction. And I was looking at the, the first 11, 11 verses were all about his prayers and complaints. And I realized and I researched about this and I found out the author was no other than possibly no other than Daniel himself when he was in exile. He was so overwhelmed that the Lord might have forgotten us. The Lord might have forgotten us here in exile. Lord, what's happening here? And he's been giving all of this complaint. Then suddenly a shift happened in the chapter. I want to look at that shift right now. Verse 
12. Let's all read this. And I, let me read this for us. But you, O Lord, are enthroned forever. You are remembered throughout all generations. You will arise and have pity on Zion. It is the time of favor to favor her. The appointed time has come. For your servants hold her stones dear and have pity on her dusts. Nations will fear the name of the Lord. And all the kings of the earth will fear your glory. For the Lord builds up Zion. He appears to his glory. He regards the prayer of the destitute. And he does not despise their prayer. We're going to look at the next few more verses. But... But almost like a similar, uh, similar situation with those verses we have just read. We're going to go through this other half in a while. But I want us to pray right now. Father God, thank you for this precious moment that you have given us, Lord. Uh, as we journey through uh, the affliction of the author, possibly Daniel, going through the situation, Lord. In the midst of that... Lord, came a revelation, a God moment in his devotion time that you showed up to him and showed, and, and showed him your plan in your heart for the future. And even almost like a prophecy about the Messiah and his second coming. Father God, I thank you that today as we hear your word preach and as we remember our missionaries, we pray that you touch our hearts, touch our minds, and, and Lord God, we pray that you infuse faith in our hearts in the middle of affliction, in the middle of pressures all around us. May we also experience what the author experienced, a breakthrough in our spiritual relationship with you, a greater knowledge of who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, amen, amen. amen. Go ahead and take your seats. What a revelation, what a shift of, of, of mind. You know, some of our complaints, uh, it, it would end up there with a period and then, and then but there's no, uh, there's no a breakthrough of a revelation. There's no, but you, O oh Lord. Every time you see the word, but, I want you to be aware of what's about to happen. happen. There will be a, a shift that will happen, maybe in emotion, in understanding, but it's always good to look at that when you see the word B-U-T in the Bible, okay? Just like here in verse, in verse 12. But I want you to know that when he had that revelation of God being enthroned forever, it is almost a contrast to his complaint. His complaints had something to do with life being like a grass, Life being like an arrow, uh, like a shadow, I'm sorry. Like uh, life being like, he repeated the word grass so many times. And the word, uh, and the word uh, smoke. Life is almost like a smoke. It's in there, but in a while it, it won't be there anymore. Like a shadow. Uh, you just pass through and that's it. There's no more. And, and, and it's the, the shortness of life. The brevity of life, it had been compared to God being enthroned forever. In other words, he's in charge of all the universe, not just for a moment, but forever. You know, when you get that revelation in contrast to where we are, you don't have any option but to come down to your knees and worship God. 
I mean, you don't have any option but to worship God and explode in, 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 in such a praise and worship before the Lord. And I hope that we will see that. Now, in his worship, he started going through these verses, and we've read some of those verses. And, and in those verses, you would notice three missional groups that he highlighted as far as worshiping God is concerned. In spite of all our afflictions and the brevity of life, he started explaining God is enthroned forever. And then he mentioned three missional groups that I want, I'd like you to travel with me through these verses and, 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 and let this be a revelation to us as well. Here are the three um, uh, uh, three missional groups. The first one is, is the coming generation. The coming generation. Know that mission starts at home. As we celebrate our missions, I want you to know that uh, the, the, the goal of worshiping God is, is not just for us to enjoy Him, but for this to be passed down to the, next, to the generations to come. Uh, it's not just for us to enjoy Him. We always think of the next generation. And why? Because he's enthroned forever. Um, some of us are worried about the future. But how many of you know the God who is enthroned today is going to be enthroned tomorrow? The God who is enthroned in this generation will be enthroned in the next generation. And some verse 18, let's go to verse 18. We, uh, uh, we finished verse 17 a while ago. Now let's go to verse 18. Let this be recorded for generation to come. And it says, so that a people yet to be born may praise the Lord. That he looked down from his holy height from heaven. The Lord looked at the earth to hear the groans of the prisoners. To set free those who were doomed to die. And they were, that they may declare. Then he moved on to the next. And we're going to go through that in a while. But let's just Focus on those two verses first. He says, let this be recorded for a generation to come. That's why I mentioned coming generation. That's the uh, uh, God being enthroned. He wanted the generations to come to also magnify God and let this be recorded. Say recorded. You know, if this, I was thinking about, about Daniel. If this was Daniel who wrote this, and he's talking about recording. Who among you, sometimes you take down notes when someone is preaching? Some of you, you have a strong brain capacity. You just memorize it, right? You just, you know, you just take down notes to your, to your head. But to some of us, we take down through our, our, our cell phone and make sure you're not checking on your Facebook, though. And, uh, and some of you, you bring your notebook with you. I'm a notebook guy, you know. Uh, I, I love taking down notes in my devotion. I can't have devotion without a notebook. So I always have a notebook to take down things that the Lord has spoken. And, and he was talking about recorded for the generations to come. I was wondering, probably Daniel was well aware of the book of Isaiah. That the book of Isaiah was written a hundred years. Now imagine this. This is Daniel here in exile. And the, the book of Isaiah, a letter, or, or, or this, this book had been written by Isaiah a hundred years before this thing happened. 
In other words, way back 100 years before this, around 130 years, ganun po katindi ang prophetic edge ni, ano, ni Isaiah. He wrote something here with his secretary, and the disciples br- uh, uh, took that writings and sealed it because it will be sent and be read 130 years later. Para siyang time capsule. Alam niyo yun? Parang time capsule. Sinulat ni Isaiah yun, prophesy niya, to encourage them because Isaiah knew that they're gonna be exiled. So he wanted to encourage the future generation 130 years from this time. It was recorded and sealed by the disciples. The word disciples was mentioned first in here. In Isaiah chapter 8. Let's read what it says there. Isaiah chapter 8 verse uh, verse 16, if I'm not mistaken. And it says there in that passage, in Isaiah 8, 16, bind up the testimony, seal the teaching among my disciples. And then so they sealed it because Isaiah was concerned about the generations to come yet to be born who will be exiled in Babylon at that time. During that time, that was the time when Daniel was in existence. I could imagine him going through the book of Isaiah that had been written 130 years. And he knew the impact of recorded writings. So now he said, in the midst of his affliction and he had revelation of who God was, he said, let this be recorded for our generations to come. I want us to know that life is not just about us. It's about the generations to come. Amen? And so that's why we're committed, even as a church. Uh, we're committed. We don't plant a church without a kid church. Kid church is not for tomorrow. Kid church is now. They are a member as much as a member as you are. We don't just bring our kids there because we don't want to be, we don't want them messing us up while worshiping the Lord in our devotion. No way. They're having their devotion with Christ right now in the kid church. And we made a plan. We are not going to plant a church without a kid church. And not only that, we want to plant the church where the campuses are. Why? Because we want to reach the future leaders. And that's our, our commitment and our heart as a church. Not all churches are like that. But it just happened we, uh, we, we, we have that burden as a movement. That uh, if you are from victory, if you are from every nation, it just happened that's our heart. Other, uh, other churches are doing other things. And thank God for them. But it's just, it's just that we felt as a movement that we're called to the campuses. That's why we have campus missionaries. That's why I've heard of the word MPD, where we help support campus missionaries. It's different from cultural, cross-cultural missionaries. That's different. We're talking about our, our staff going to the campuses um, because we really uh, are committed to the young people. I am a product of a campus ministry. 38 years ago, students from America came near my university in Adamson, and they started reaching out to the students. I got a hold of that flyer, and I received that flyer, an invitation to go to a rock and roll seminar. I was a student at the age of 18 years old, and I, and I saw rock and roll. Of course, that was in the 80s, right? <laughs> So, of course, I went to the rock and roll seminar. I didn't know it's about presentation of the gospel. 
I came to know Christ, got baptized the same night, and I realized I was the, one of the first fruits of our movement in the Philippines 38 years ago. So now you know my age. <laughs> I'm 57. But that's how old our ministry, and that's how committed we are to the campuses. So committed that when my daughter decided, I want to be a worship leader, Dad. She finished cum laude in UP, uh, in journalism. But one day, came, she came to me and says, Dad, I want to be a worship leader. I said, really? I was thinking about her becoming a lawyer, you know. <laughs> you know, go law in UP, you know. I want to be a worship leader. Oh, really? Well, you know what? You can be a worship leader anytime. But while you have just graduated, would you consider become a campus missionary as young as you are? After that, you can be a composer or a worship leader if you want. She prayed about it. She enrolled in the school. Now she's, she's a campus director in Katipunan. I'm, I'm, I'm just sharing it with you guys. I'm sharing it with you because that's how committed we are to the campuses. And, and as, we, as we think about the next generation, we need to realize mission starts right in our home, in our living room. And when we see us read our Bibles, when our children, when they come out from those kids' shirts and they start running and showing you their prices, you listen. You talk to them. While you're driving back home and your child is talking about what they have learned about Jacob from the kid church, you better listen. <laughs> the Lord might speak through your child. Because during the service, you were asleep. <laughs> so you might, you might as well listen to your child because she was so attentive listening to the word of God preached while you were asleep. Just in case, para hindi sayang. So why? We're committed. We're committed to the next generation. This is not just all about us. And so having said that, and, and uh, there was, uh, I, was, I was going through, a, there was a blank TikTok clip. A blank, black. And then I was like, what's going on? Why is it black? And then there was a conversation. Apparently, the daughter recorded her conversation with her dad. It's a Filipino father and daughter conversation. So I was listening to this black TikTok clip. And the conversation goes like this. The, the daughter was crying and crying. And the dad says, Bakit kao miyak? For those foreigners, somebody will translate it to you later. <laughs> Bakit kao miyak? And the, and the dad says, as the dad says, Bakit kao miyak? Buntis ka ba? Sabi nung doon, Hindi po. Bakit ka nga umiyak? And the daughter says, Wala po kong honor. Walang honor. Wala po kong honor. Last year, my honor ako. Ngayon, wala akong honor. Oh, so? Galit ka ba, dad? Hindi ako galit. Sabi, sigurado ka, uh, dad, hindi ka galit. Hindi ako galit. Kasi wala akong honor. Nakakahiya. Sabi ng dad, okay lang yan. Talaga lang, dad? Okay lang? Oh, okay lang yan, anak. Did you do your... Ah, sabi niya sa Tagalog. <laughs> Ginawa mo ba yung best mo? Sabi niya, oo naman, dad. O, okay na yun. Then, end of TikTok. And I was wondering, huh, kung ako yung daddy, siguro mas, ano pa, dramatic pa yung sagot ko, di ba? 
diba? Siguro, you know, alam mo, Pinoy lang kasi, I mean, it's just a normal Pinoy conversation. Inisip ko, kung ako yung daddy siguro, miyak yung anak, buntis ka ba? Hindi intay. <laughs> Bakit ka miyak? Wala akong honor. Ba't wala akong honor? Kaya nga eh, kaya galit ba kayo? Ay, hindi ah. Kasi last year, meron akong honor, ngayon wala. Ah, ganun ba? Okay lang yan, anak. Have you done your best? Oh, dad. Okay na yan. Come, let's have a date. <laughs> diba? <laughs> diba? What's a, but but it's, I'm just sharing with you a, a, a normal conversation, but I want you to know those moments are precious and teaching moments for your children. As parents, we're concerned about not just our fame, our, our sta- stability, but we're concerned for the next one. I'd like you to look at the next part of the verse, verse 20. Hear the groans of the prisoners to set free those who were doomed to die. This is the picture of those in exile. That they were declare in Zion. That they may declare in Zion. Say declare. declare. That they may declare in Zion the name of the Lord and in Jerusalem His praise. I want you to look first. Let's go back to verse 18. I'm sorry. Let's go back to verse 18. I forgot to highlight something in verse 18. Let those who, uh, let this be recorded for generation to come so that people yet to be created may praise the Lord. Say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Our goal, uh, the goal of the, uh, of the author is that the generations to come will praise the Lord. Let's look at that verse we were reading. Verse, uh, 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 verse 21. That they may declare in Zion the name of the Lord and in Jerusalem His praise. Once again, the word praise was mentioned there. Just as young people, the next generation will praise the Lord. He says, let Zion, let, there, let it be declared in Zion His praise. What is my point? Zion is a picture of the church. Zion is Israel. Zion is Jerusalem. It's either Israel, Jerusalem, or Zion. That's the name of God's people in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, it is now declared to be the church. But I want you to know the picture of worship during that time as we move along. And, and, um, but I want you to see here, uh, it says in, in the next uh, few verses here, um, where am I here? Uh, let's go to uh, verse. And, and it says Zion. But this is, as I've said, a picture of the Lord, uh, of the Lord uh, responding to them. And I think I have, a, I have a verse somewhere here where he spoke and he, was, he, and he heard them. And then it says, and then he looked down, verse 19. He looked down from his holy heights and from heaven. The Lord looked at the earth and heard the groans of the prisoner to set free those who were doomed to die. What he's saying is the Lord looked. He heard your prayers. He looked and he heard and he took action. He set them free. And that's how the Lord is to us. He hears us in our prayers. And he looks, he looks down on us, to us. And he set us free and hears our prayers. 
and, and, and that's the God that we serve. I could imagine Daniel had a, uh, uh, not, had a perspective of what happened in, in Exodus. When, when the people were crying uh, because of their affliction, and the Bible says in Exodus, the Lord heard their cries. And I could imagine Daniel remembering what had happened in Exodus, that the Lord truly is listening, that the Lord heard their groaning. God remembered his covenant with Abram, with Isaac and Jacob. God saw the people of Israel and God knew it. And, and so the second, the second uh, missional group, not just the coming generation, but proclaiming church. Proclaiming church, acknowledging that mission is triggered by the church. And it's declare it in Zion. Declare means to proclaim. And he's talking about the church. Now during that time, obviously, um, uh, the picture is more on, uh, more on the church. Declaring it to the church. How can the church be a missional, uh, missional group here? Um, I, I remember Pastor Steve was sharing to us in our Bishop Council via Zoom, and he shared it on a video the other day. And the word go was mentioned not just in Matthew 28, verse 19, 18, uh, 20, 28 in Matthew, but he mentioned that early, earlier on, not, not Jesus, but an angel. When the angel showed up to the women who went to visit Jesus, the angel says, go and tell the disciples that Jesus has been raised from the dead. So the women run and went to the disciples. They became the first evangelist of the good news. But they first preached the good news of the resurrection to the disciples. Are you here with me? The word go was mentioned by the angel in order for the good news to be preached amongst the disciples. How many know we need to hear the gospel first before we get to preach it outside? And, and, and to align the disciples who were waiting, they thought that Christ had not been raised from the dead. The women evangelists came and preached the good news to the disciples to align themselves. So now in, chap, in, in the later part, in verse 19 and 20, Jesus says, Now go and make disciples of all the nations to the disciples. So first, it is needed for us to hear it. Why do we take the time to come and talk about this here in our, in our, in our congregation? And, and, and we take the time every year, uh, once a year, twice, two Sundays in a year, to talk about missions because I want, we want all of us across Metro Manila to align ourselves to the mission that God has given us as a church Mission is not going to move on without, uh, uh, mission is, the, is just the reflection of what church is all about. Bruner, a theologian, this is what he said regarding this. He says, the church exists by mission just as fire exists by burning. You know there's a fire because there's something burning. The same way with church. You know there's a church because church is initiating missions to the nations of the world. Are we here today? Without, without church, there will be no starting and sending of missions, for missions. But because the Lord has called us, that's who we are. That's why we exist. We exist for the nations of the world. And so that's what the church is all about. We're, go, we're, 
we, we align ourselves. We look at our resources. I, I remember uh, Pastor Johnson, I gave this story about a businessman in the church. I went to, uh, uh, I went to uh, Monochrome one time. He invited me to preach after Yolanda. And uh, one of the businessmen, he was listening to my report. I met up with the mayor and saw the bodies lying on the streets. And how uh, the, the Taiwanese court would go there and give away money. And the Muslims would go there and try to help out so that they can build their, uh, their uh, mosques somewhere in Tacloban. And everybody's taking advantage of the situation and giving money to the people. And, and Christians are doing that as doing, they're doing their best as well. Pastor Johnson and I went there and visited Tacloban as well. But when I was sharing my testimony, one of the businessmen right after the service came to me and says, Pastor Ferdy, do we have a church there already? We have, but it's, you know, well, Pastor G, just tell me, when are we going to put up that building? I'm going to set aside 10 million pesos for our building. Just tell me. I mean, even this businessman is thinking about his resources is there, but he's thinking about missions. He's not just thinking about what, how much can he hoard, but he's thinking about when he saw and heard the need. He came to me and says, Ferdy, just tell me, I'm setting aside 10 million for this. Well, I wasn't able to go back to him, so maybe one of these days. <laughs> but, 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 but I like the heart where we think of mission as a church. We don't just think about our own bank accounts. But we think about the nations of the world. If you are a Filipino. Anyone here? You're a Filipino? Raise your hands besides Esther. Okay, raise your hands. Wave it. I want you to know, those of you that raise your hands and you look like a Filipino unless you're a Malaysian. You are not just a Filipino Christian. You are an international Christian. Come on. You are an international Christian. You have an apostolic face. Look at the mirror next time and say, you have an apostolic face. <laughs> Why do we have an apostolic? Do you know that we have 10, at least 10 million Filipinos abroad? 10 million. Have you thought of a nation who've sent 10 million of its citizens to other nations of the world? Only in the Philippines. <laughs> we were forced. Diaspora. We were forced to leave because of economic situation. But I believe there's a redemptive reason. Why 10 million Filipinos are in the nations of the world. And let me tell you this. Stories upon stories of Filipinos. There was even a story of a, one of the foreigners who, went to, who married the Filipina. Went to the Philippines, tried to start a business. He was trying to strike a business with another person. But the person, instead of striking a, a, a business on the spot, handed him a Bible. Because he had the long beard from the eastern country. And he says, have you read the Bible? He gave him a Bible. And the guy, hmm. he was holding on the Bible. Have you read this? Uh, he knew that was a holy book. He didn't know what to do. So the guy opened it. The businessman opened the page. This is Genesis. And then went through the Genesis, you know. And this is the Bible. And then went through some of the chapters. And then he says, oh, by the way, why don't you start Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. 
and he was stunned and he was and people were watching him while he was standing at the lobby of the of the of the office they might think he couldn't read so he started reading in the beginning god created he couldn't take it. Something is happening within his stomach. He handed back the Bible, left the office, went straight to the parking, and, and left the building, started driving, and went home. I said, oh, what happened to me there? The next day, he was driving along Edsa, and suddenly he started weeping. He didn't know the reason. Then he thought of the day when that guy gave him a Bible. He said, he must have put a spell on me. He called the guy and says... You know, says, and says, oh, why did you call? I'm here on the side of Etza and I'm weeping and I didn't know what happened. Did you put a spell on me? <laughs> he says, no, no, that must be God. Let's meet. So they met, preached him. He preached him even more. The next Sunday, he brought him to church. He introduced that guy to me. We went through one-to-one, preached him the gospel. He came to know Christ. Victory weekend. He got baptized. And went to our, went to our missions uh, 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 convention. He was one of the ushers. To cut the story short, he went back to his nation, started a business in his nation. Guess what he did? He started preaching the gospel in his nation. Now we don't have just one church, but around five or six churches in six different cities in his nation because he'd been traveling from one city to another. As he travels, he would preach the gospel. And then we would, we would have a, a house church in that place. Now we have around six churches in that nation because of this businessman. Amen. Can we have the photo uh, with blur faces? Uh, he, uh, now this one is another story of, a, of an imam who came to know Christ. The missionary we have in one Muslim nation preached to this imam. And so when he preached, he came to know Christ, you know, um, and then during pandemic, and when he preached, uh, then he preached to another guy, one of those guys, the one with the stripe, uh, or the, the other guy on, on, uh, the, on, on a beige uh, shirt. And he preached, he came to know Christ, the other person. During lockdown, that student went back to his province and he preached. Uh, when the classes started, he preached the next photo. That guy preached to his classmates because he not only heard the gospel from the imam, but the imam taught him how to preach the gospel. So the student went back to his province, and then when the school started, started, he started preaching to his classmates. Now he had his classmates on the background listening to him. And, and then the next photo here, and then the imam I told you about, now he's preaching to his fellow imam, in that nation, simply because a missionary preached to that imam. Why don't we just give our Lord a hand for that? The next photo here, just to, uh, I missed some of the photo. The next photo here, uh, there's another photo of uh, the, the one I was telling you about. He was, he's a photo of baptism. The next, uh, the next, uh, I know there. Uh, line. Maybe just show that photo if you, if you can find it at the later part. But that person is the one who, you know, has been uh, uh, communicating with me, baptizing, uh, that one. He's baptizing his relatives. His relatives started getting saved. He would baptize them secretly. And then here in an open sea, the next photo, in an open sea, 
is baptizing in a secret open sea. He was baptizing some of the fellow businessmen. In that city, I was telling you, in that, uh, that person whom we met, one of our ushers here, went back to his nation and started churches in six cities. That's the guy with blurry face and long beard. And, 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 and so as we move on, the next one, verse 22. Verse 22 here. When the people, when peoples gathered together and kingdoms worship the Lord. Let's go verse 21. Then they declare in Zion the name of the Lord and in Jerusalem his praise. When peoples gathered together and kingdoms to worship the Lord. I don't know if you've noticed, but in verse 18, I mentioned a while ago that the, every generation would praise the Lord. In Zion, it will declare his praise. But here, nations and peoples and kingdoms gather together to worship the Lord. This is an amazing picture of not only the next generation as our missional group, but the church aligning themselves and their resources and their time and effort and prayer for missions. You always think, just like Esther going back home to Korea and thinking about planting a church in Busan. I mean, you just have to go home. Didn't you miss your family? I miss them, but I miss planting churches too. I would rather want to go there and join the church plant. See, it has something to do with worshiping God in nations. And so when peoples gather together, kingdoms, to worship the Lord. Now this is a picture of, of, of the goal ultimately of missions. It's not just people getting saved. But the goal of mission is worship. A person by the name of John Piper said this. And let me read this. John Piper says, missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is. Missions exist because worship doesn't. Worship is ultimate, not missions. Because God is ultimate, not man. When this age is over and the countless millions of the redeemed fall on their faces before the throne of God, missions will be no more. It is a temporary necessity, but worship abides forever. Say, worship abides forever. No wonder why the psalmist says in verse 18, But the Lord is enthroned forever. Because as the Lord is enthroned forever, we worship Him forever. There will be no more missions in heaven. Only here. So my challenge for all of us today... My challenge for all of us today, while we are here on earth, while we are believing God for the next generation to worship God, while the church is fulfilling its tasks to plant churches, we have, uh, we have 160 uh, missionaries, 196 missionaries across the globe right now, Filipinos, who are our active missionaries 196 Filipino missionaries in 38 nations. That's where we are. And we're believing God. And this morning I heard Pastor Rico preach in Ortigas. He's our church planter in Panama. 
and he's in Panama right now, and he preached this morning online. Um, and we sent him. He's one of our senior pastors, but uh, Pastor Steve came to us and says, "I want you to send your bet. I want you to send one of our senior pastors to Panama." And so we came up with a short list. Um, instead of Dennis C, we sent Rico Ricafort. It's more Spanish than Dennis C. <laughs> you know, it just makes sense, right? So Dennis C, it's like a church planter in Panama. It won't make sense. So we asked Pastor Rico, <laughs> sat down with Pastor Rico. It makes sense that you go, Pastor Rico. And he did. Now we have a, a, a youth center in a mall. And, and we're just uh, reaching out to Panama University. And we're, it's an amazing time to plant churches um, in, in Central America, starting in Panama, then to the other nations of the world. We also have 10 days in Victory. Some of you probably joined there. We have School of World Missions. This is how serious we are in the missions. We have 10 days where you go send a, a, a Victory Group leader to go 10 days in Busan, for example, or in Australia, or, or in, in, in uh, other nations. Or we have a school, School of World Missions. And we have currently enrolled students in that, nation, in, in, in that school right now. A uh, few from the Philippines, and the rest are from other nations of the world. Right now, we have a school, a school of world missions right now with students from other nations of the world. We really put our, 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 our money where our mouth is. We don't just talk about it. We live it out through our schools, through our 10 days, sending the, the regular Joes in our church to 10 days mission. We, we put up a school for this. This is how serious we are to the nations of the world. And so now, the, the, uh, now instead of everybody going to Jerusalem and Israel to, pre, uh, to, to worship the Lord, just like in the Old Testament, they call that centripetal, where, uh, where the queen of Sheba would go to Israel to visit Solomon. Remember that? And, and people would go to Israel. That's centripetal. But when Jesus came, he turned things around. He's not saying, let them come to Jerusalem. He now turned it. Instead of centripetal, it became centrifugal. Now he says in, in Matthew 28, verse 19, go and make disciples of all nations. So that's why now we go to the nations of the world. And having said that, as we end, may we as a church, a congregation here in Alabang, May we as a, as a church continue to carry out God's mission so that every nation and every tribe will worship Him throughout all generations. Let this be our takeaway today, that we will do our job as a church, even as a small part here in Victory Alabang, so we can be a blessing to the nations of the world in all generations. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victoryalabang.church.